In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was, overco- was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is the Father's side. He has made him known. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, if you were here Christmas Eve, you heard that passage, uh, and and it is familiar to you, and yet uh, it bears repeating because it's so easy at Christmas time, isn't it, to forget that uh, there's so much more to the story than than what's made popular during uh, a very secularized season now. Um, I I don't want to stand up here and be another pastor ranting about how secular Christmas is. I gave up a long time ago. Christmas is so entirely secular now that, that it becomes more important than ever for us Christians not to give in to the, to the more dangerous false ideas about Christ. In other words, um, you know, I, I've noticed watching, I watched a lot of TV yesterday. Did anybody else? I, I don't, you know, it's Christmas Day, probably lots of things you could have done, but I was really tired. I mean, I was so tired that I just spent most of my day when we weren't being family, just being a family of couch potatoes sitting around. And we watched, we watched a, a Hallmark show, I think. And and, and it was about Christmas uh, decorations and lights on houses and a competition to, to, to you know, for in the town uh, for, for Christmas lights, you know. And, and it came down to a competition of two between someone who was trying to do something old-fashioned and traditional and someone who was doing something real high-tech and new and, and you know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra 
you know, thumping sounds and LED lights and something that looked more like what you'd see in a nightclub or something like that. And, and of course, the traditional one, it's a Hallmark show. But traditional still didn't say anything about Jesus. Didn't. And what's really amazing is both the traditional and the non-traditional used songs that I recognized and knew that the words that they were using had they sung the words and not just taken the tunes that are so familiar. I thought, how funny. Here is the state of things in this country, in this world today. Christianity has been dulled down Christmas has been dulled down, diluted to tunes that we like, but we don't wanna to focus too much on the words because the words would convict us and we don't need that. We don't want those words. And so traditional Christmas is about doing Christmas lights that aren't too high tech. And yet both entities, both ideal ideologies, both of them, use the songs and the sounds of Christmas that are based on Christian tunes and Christian, more than that, words. I don't know if you got to see it, but last Wednesday I sent out a special message of, of encouragement that was, was a, a sort of uh, unpacking of the words of a famous John, uh, Charles Wesley Christmas hymn. And I've often challenge you to read the words of the hymns, to read those hymns and to see how rich the poetry is and how deep it goes, how much it says about the real nature of the Christian experience and how ironic now that Christmas has become a place and a time in our lives where we want everything but truth. We want everything Christianity has brought to the Christ, Christmas experience except the truth. So, and, and I want you to know, I really enjoy like Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. I enjoy that music. Heck, I knew about Mannheim Steamroller before they were anything known to the popular world. They've been around for ages. Um, and yet, what Chip Davis has done is taken the Christmas songs and made them modern and contemporary, but then the words aren't there. The words to the songs aren't there. And I heard the other day about somebody who was Oh, I know what it was. I, if you haven't guessed, I'm ad-libbing today, so you better hope my clock's right. Um, thank you. you, you owe me that. Well, I told Courtney when we started planning for today that I would wait and see how much time I had and just go with that because I wanted to give Courtney time to really, you know, just celebrate her ministry here and I wanted to give her more time for music. And so sometimes, I just want to not plan so carefully so that I have flexibility. But I digress. So I was watching, uh, I think I was watching a clip of, of Harry Potter the other day. I think it might have been between the services on Christmas Eve, you know, and, and I, like I said, I'd been very tired. I think I might have been a little sick and I was, 
I was trying really just to, to stay alert and awake so I could come back at 10 o'clock and get, you know, back in the, the game and, and get my head on straight. And, and I think I was watching something about Harry Potter and then, then, then this clip came along and this, this person was talking about how they put the sorting hat, what do they call it, witch's hat or whatever that they, it's called the sorting hat? Okay, I got that right. They put the sorting hat as their tree topper. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Now, don't worry, I'm not one of those preachers that's gonna rail against Harry Potter and how he's, you know, all the children who read Harry Potter are going to hell because they learned about sorcery through Harry Potter. It's not that bad. Be glad to talk to you about this privately, but you parents, you Christian parents, you're doing a fine job as long as you have these conversations with your children. It's out there. You know, this is how we raised our children. It's out there. But if you raise Christian children in a Christian home, I hope that somehow they don't reach the point where they've so delighted in Harry Potter that they decide to decorate their Christmas tree with a witch's hat. Just saying, okay? My point being, that Christmas has become something that we don't own anymore. We used to have exclusive rights to Christmas as Christian believers. We don't anymore. And so what I have found, you could call this a sort of year-end summary. What I've found is that Christians being angry and trying to take back what they have lost isn't helping our cause either. You know, it's not making any difference. It's not making anything better in the world because we are filled with the Holy Spirit and children of God through Christ if we are angry all the time. If we're trying to punish the world for just being what it is. We forget that the Bible was written to Jews and Christians We forget that the rules and the relational guidelines that are imposed upon us in Scripture are imposed upon us because we have been chosen by God and have accepted God's invitation to join God in what God is doing. And we get so angry because the world isn't doing that too. But whose fault is that? If we're going to lay blame, then let's just go ahead and own it. For 2022's sake, let's own the fact that if the world doesn't know what Christians are all about, it's probably because we Christians haven't done a very good job of communicating that. We haven't done a very good job of helping the world to understand what's so important. John says to us in the reading that we just had that This person, Jesus, who we follow, this person in whom we have placed our entire eternal uh, life, like, like, you know, we're, we're 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 not just betting on him to save us when we're in trouble. We're betting on him to direct the very future of our eternal nature, our soul. And John says, Jesus was there in the beginning. He was the very heart and mind of God that was present when God brought order to the chaos and created Eden and created in Eden people that 
God intended to serve as God's particular people. And in Ephesians, if you read that very carefully and you could spend the next year just studying every verse of Ephesians, what you realize is that the Apostle Paul is trying to lay out for us the fact that people in Eden were created in order to be the very bride of Christ that we are aiming to become when Christ returns, as we talked about all throughout Advent. That the whole purpose of our creation was so that we could be united with Christ and be something even more than what John expresses in this beautiful passage about the nature of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the very heart and mind of God and that the people Jesus came to save are in that salvation meant to be united with Jesus in a way that we can't really comprehend, so we call it marriage so that there's something more to the nature of Christ through that marriage than the substance that John inadequately tries to express here. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the reason that the world has taken Christmas away from us and a lot of other things away from us is because we have been either complacent, apathetic, and lazy, or we've been angry to the point where we don't seem any different than the world around us, and so people don't figure that we have anything to offer that they haven't already got. If they need an excuse to be angry, the world's already got one. So they don't need to join our club and get angry about the things that we're angry about. If they need an excuse to complain about politics, they don't need to join our club to do that. They can already do it without our help. And so on and so on. And so if there's one thing that I think could pull us out of this slow spiral that our country and our Christianity has been in for the last few decades, it would probably be for us Christians to get off of our backsides, gird our loins, as scripture likes to say, and start figuring out whether or not we live in a way that teaches people what Christ is really like. Because, as we touched on a little bit on Christmas Eve, looking at the passage that we just read together, we are to be that light in the world. The Apostle John makes the distinction when he talks about John the Baptist as saying he wasn't the light, but he was the one who announced the coming of the light. So he goes out of his way to, dis, to make a distinction between John the Baptist and Jesus. And yet the very thing that he's trying to clarify about John the Baptist can be said about us because of the salvation and the new birth that we got because of Christ. In other words... If, if John, and John gets around to it, trust me, but, but if, if John were to describe us, he would say, well, they were people living in darkness, but then Christ came into the world and he brought the glory of heaven with him wherever he went. And then one day through an act that we'll never really comprehend, he was able to get us into the halls of heaven again, though we were unworthy of it. And not only that, but impart to us the very light that was uniquely his until that point. 
And so that light, that Holy Spirit light was unique to Jesus until his death and resurrection and ascension. And then it became ours if we accept it, like at Pentecost. In other words, you are Christ to the world. You are Christ to the world. Therefore, as Christ to the world, you must ask yourself daily, is the world around me seeing Christ or just me? And is it possible that in the name of Christ, we have done more harm than good? Well, if you took my church history class that I taught last year, well, this year, I'm already in 2022 if you haven't figured that out. If you, if you took that course, what you realize is that Christians have been a consequence to the world in good ways and bad ways. And whenever Christians are a bad consequence to the world, it usually results in bloodshed and violence. It just does. Well, there's not as much bloodshed now, at least in the Western world, but there's plenty of violence, violent speech, violent behavior, violent attitudes, resentment. And so I'll bring you back to a point that I will make my final point. The Bible in its entirety was written to God's people. We have no right to require the world around us to live according to the scripture. We don't have the right to impose that on the world around us. If they took Christmas, it's only because we didn't make Christmas anything special. And so they just took, the world just took what it wanted. And we have no right to hold it. On the other hand, if we are the light of Christ, if we are Christ to the world, then if they see us, they should see him. Not because we're perfect in the way that we present him, but that we have in us a light that you cannot get anywhere else. If you want the world around you, the people of the flesh, to conform to the Bible instructions about relationships with God and each other, then you have to show them something they want. At the risk of being a little silly, I'll just say that it's a little bit like all these great treats we've been eating during the Christmas season. Have you had one that you said to the person who gave it to you, I need your recipe. I need, I need to know how to make that. And that's, that's the kind of Christian you need to be. Someone who says, boy, I don't know what it is, but I want what you got. If you want the people around you to trust the truth in love that comes from Scripture through the Holy Spirit and by way of our salvation in Jesus Christ, if that's what you want for the people around you, show them something that they just have to have. Then they will begin to remember what Christmas is really about. Then they will begin to say, Oh, the Christmas tunes are nice, but I especially love the sacred words that go with them. I pray that in 2022, we will all be more devoted to love 
in the light of Christ for our neighbors, that I would, our expression of Christ would be one of compassion and grace and mercy, that we would not seek justice because it's the latest cause, but because we love the people who need justice. We would seek righteousness in our government, but not because it's the latest cause, but because righteousness is a sign of God's transformative power in life. If we're gonna do anything worth doing, it has to start right here. It has to start in your heart, then it goes to your family and your home, and then it goes to your church family, and then as a church family, we become a force of light, of goodness and grace and mercy. So our vision hasn't changed despite this crazy couple of years and there's no reason to think 2022 is gonna be better. We just hope it will. But in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, we continue to believe that being disciples of Jesus Christ, seeking disciples, that is infecting others with our condition, We'll change the world, and that's our vision as a church, is to change our community because we're here so that the church would be such a vital part of the community that the, they couldn't imagine community without us at the heart of it, Christ at the heart of it. Let us pray. I thank you, God, for putting something in my heart to share with the people. I pray that whatever came entirely from your spirit would be I continue to be a part of their thought and their spiritual journey as they go ahead from here. And I pray, Lord, for all who love you and serve you to be filled with your Holy Spirit and to give you all the glory. Amen.